When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with The Rotoscopers, episode 246, Shrek, Forever After. Morgan and Chelsea, make a vow. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with The Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I am your host, Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. Morgan, we have done the threequels. Now we are going to be jumping in to the fourquill? Four what, what do you call yes. this? <laughs> a four, a quadquill? A quadquill? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't, we don't see a lot of these. Toy Story 4, obviously, but yes, it takes very special flagship signature franchises to make it to this level. So yeah, you're right. Toy Story 4, <laughs> the Toy Story. Ice Age not included into that Ice list. Age. <laughs> Hotel Transylvania, oh. and of course, the great, the holy Shrek. It's funny, each one of these actually comes from kind of like the big main players, the big studios. You know, we have Pixar yeah. with with them doing Toy Story. DreamWorks is Shrek. That is their flagship uh-huh. product. Uh, Sony Pictures, obviously, is Hotel Transylvania. And then mm-hmm. the the no longer with us Blue Sky Studios, Ice Age, they were... They were holding on to that Ice Age. So since Disney bought Blue Sky, does that mean Ice Age is now Disney for Quill? Uh, all of these basically Quill. are, right? Oh, <laughs> Which goodness. is yeah. pretty uh, sad. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm just doing a quick Google search <laughs> for animated forquels. Uh I'm not sure if that's quite the, the phrase, but... This, so this person created a list of, of different ones, but it includes, you know, like the, the Scream series, Pirates of the Caribbean, Harry Potter, which I'm like, Harry Potter, I, like, that doesn't count. That doesn't really count because, you know, the Twilight Saga, Star Wars. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I, I guess, I guess, right? Is the qualification for a forequel, it just has to have at least four films, you know, Mockingjay. I guess. Um, so, yeah, it looks like right now the only one, the ones that we mentioned were the only animated forequels, unless you count The Land Before Time, Friendship you know, friendship forever or whatever that, you know, 12 or 13, 14 is. <laughs> well, I, I don't count that because that was direct to video, right. but I don't even know nowadays <laughs> now that everything's going to, to streaming. So I don't even know. There is no rule. There is no rule. Well, let's jump right into this one. Is this an adequate ending or is it the end for the Shrek series? <laughs> let's go and see.
All right, so on to our main discussion. Here is some basic information to set the stage. The studio, DreamWorks Animation Studios. Directors, Mike Mitchell. He's also known from the Lego Movie Part 2. Or, excuse me, I, I totally botched that. It has a very specific, <laughs> the Lego Movie 2, the second part. That's, yes, I can't, I can't call it Part 2. And Trolls. Release date, summer, May 23rd, 2010. This is the fabulous year of 2010 where we got so many incredible films we got despicable me we got tangled we got how to train your dragon also from dreamworks this was was an amazing year year for animation shrek 4 was in there we'll talk about it does that belong in the upper echelon of greatness as far as the box office i guess it does box office it did 752 million dollars with a budget of 165 so you know it's it's done incredibly well yeah you know for a forkful especially considering we've reviewed the third okay right the third one was so bad yeah yet despite that they were plugging forward making the fourth one after the success of shrek 2 they basically greenlit a third and a fourth so it was kind of inevitable and then they kind of hinted at a fifth and there always was kind of supposed to be a fifth shrek film but then i think after the third then they kind of like okay maybe let's just wrap this up at four so they changed the title of shrek four and changed it to shrek forever after which kind of gives it this this closing of a of a chapter feeling Mm -hmm. um you know however the shrek series has done incredibly it was the fifth this movie in particular was the fifth fifth highest grossing film of 2010 and this series in general is the second highest grossing animated you know franchise so it's hard to remember how much shrek fever there was yeah so here's a funny story right after we did our back-to-back two and three my nephew who just turned 20 he started posting about how he was doing a Shrek marathon for all of them. And it was just like, I feel like I just did this. Um, But it was just really funny to see his, because he's an aspiring filmmaker. And so he has been doing quite a bit of things. And also I took him to Comic-Con one time, which, okay, side story. One time I took him to Comic-Con. He was like 10 years old. Then like five years later, six years later, I'm over at their house and he it's been like a minute, you know, since mm-hmm. I like hung out with him mm-hmm. and we're just sitting there and he and his friend is talking about a movie somewhere. And I start being like, well, tell me what you thought about it. Like, what is and he's just he starts like not wanting to talk to me about it. And I'm like, what? Oh. And he, he was just like, well, I mean, I would go really deep in this. You wouldn't really understand. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was so, I was so mad. Excuse (laughs) me. I was like, dude, dude, dude. Okay. So I took you to Comic-Con and he's like, oh, oh yeah. I have a podcast where I talk about these things. I talk to directors and filmmakers and all these people. And you're going to come to me and say that I don't go deep enough on this stuff. No, (laughs) absolutely not. Okay. Bravo. Good for you (laughs) for calling him out. (laughs) He was just like, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, you No, you need to remember who took you to all of these things? It's just, oh, uh, it was like a both sides of I'm so, so disappointed in you. At the same time, I'm like, wow, I really am not that great of an aunt for the fact that you've forgotten these things. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, it's not you, Chelsea. <sighs> it's him. <laughs> it is 
youth. <laughs> oh, goodness. The youngins. And trying to act cool amongst their friends. And like, Ooh. oh, sorry, Aunt Chelsea. Since you probably it, won't understand. Man, why is it ever cool to, to bring someone down like that? Come on. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> So anyway, Adam, I still love you. It's fine. I'll forgive you. Actually, well, eventually. Well, what was the movie? <laughs> what was he talking about that was so highfalutin that he could not discuss it in your presence because you could not understand the depth and the complexity? What, was it Shrek 4? I think it was something. <laughs> no, I, I don't even remember what it was, but I feel like it was Into the Spider-Verse, which is another level <sighs> of excuse you. <laughs> I went to the test screening for this. Right, right. <laughs> so I was, I was oh, all woof. shades of anger for sure. At that point. Oh man, I'm. Oh goodness. Well, I'm sorry for your pain, Chelsea. <laughs> but you can go as deep as you want with me. Perfect. And we have the perfect, perfect. movie. It's a very deep one. Very lots of themes. Lots oh, of stuff to talk about. So Shrek Four. Okay. Okay. Now this is the you know fourth of the series and we all know how great the original Shrek was and even Shrek 2. They the, those first two films so funny, so clever, so hilarious. I mm -hmm. love them. Just thinking about them, even to this day you would think, "Oh, it's dated." It's not. They're great. They're so fun. The third one, oof. We we talked about that. rotoscopers.com/184 if you want to check out a review of Shrek the 3rd, but it just the the original writing team had left at that point. New directors kind of take, had taken over and it just lost its spark. It it was like what are we doing here? Like, this isn't Shrek, right? And it makes sense. You know, the original writing team, the original directing team, they're on to bigger and, and greater things. Like they don't want to sit here doing Shrek sequels for the rest of their lives. You know, they have more opportunities that come up, obviously maybe pay more, more notoriety, whatever makes sense. So you have to bring in a new crew and I'm sorry, the new crew could not cut it, especially with Shrek four. I was watching this and I was just thinking, where's the fun? Where's the puns? Yeah. Where's the gags? Where's the fairy tale, you know, like in, in the back in, where you see this little thing and you're like, ha I get that. You know, that's relating to this, this and that. You know, there were a few of them here. You know, they, the, yeah, the, they had the Pied Piper and there were just, a, you know, the witches, but the witches were kind of in the last one too. But it was just kind of like, yeah, eh. we've really, we're, are we I over this? Like I think DreamWorks themselves are like, well, we've, well, I've got nothing left to suck. So. <laughs> <laughs> nothing left to suck. Um, I feel like the whole basis for the plot was because it was Shrek is bored from the monotony of daily life as a father of triplets. I feel like that premise in and of itself <laughs> does not set this up for success. Maybe that mirrors how the, the DreamWorks and the writing team felt about the Shrek franchise, you know, bored Maybe. of the monotony of palace life with this great franchise, <laughs> you know, right. sitting on top, living pretty. And Here we go again. You know, we got to do another Shrek film. Wah, wah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, watching those beginning scenes like I totally related because I'm like oh I get it like the <laughs> I, same I mean, old like same would... old with the kids <sighs> and the annoying and it's an it's the same thing and it feels like you're living Groundhog's Day every single day and it's just so funny the way that they did it like the first time like oh this is great what a happy life this is so fun oh poop here blah 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 and then like the next day it happens again the next day it happens again <laughs> the next day it happens again and then you know what I really enjoyed was just how positive Fiona was she really was a shining light in this whole movie fiona fiona is such a wonderful character she's warm she's inviting she's forgiving she's loving i liked her a lot especially the beginning and then you know as she was the ogress 
little ogre warrior princess and then you know at the end but shrek he's not loving it which i get he's a dad even moms okay it's a lot right but uh this is very much goes in takes heavily from it's a wonderful life yeah like you don't realize what you have until you lose it right and they even say that in the film right um but come on how many uh, i mean maybe shrek is not up to speed on the butterfly effect right or if you change one little thing in time you know we see this in the simpsons where uh there's a treehouse of horror episode where they go back and they change one thing you know they go back in the past and they step on a branch and then they go back to the future where they're supposed to be and everything is completely different you know there's donuts raining from the sky and whatnot it's just great um but again this is this this sort of premise like uh i don't like things the way they were i want to go back to the old way or if i could change one thing um and then we see yeah, it's not that easy. And, and this is with every time travel movie ever in the history of time is just don't mess with time, except maybe Harry yeah. Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I feel like that's the one instance where it like didn't completely destroy the universe. <laughs> Have you read Cursed Child, though? Uh, I forget. I really <laughs> like try to forget forever that that's even existed. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What did, what did you like about this film? So my dad comes and um, <laughs> my, my mom and Marissa were off doing their thing and my dad is a little bored. And so he's he's like, can you do you know how to work the TV? <laughs> you know, this is my life. Um, and <laughs> this whole so ear contraption. Was, <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. So I, I'm wondering, like, OK, what am I going to watch with you? But like I said, OK, well, I do have to watch this. So I don't know if it's really your thing, but I'm. You know, and he's normally pretty good at just like watching whatever. So I put I put it on and we start watching it and he liked it. He liked it a lot. And it was really cute at the end because he was just like, that was a really good movie (laughs) because it has like it has the the feel goods. It comes full circle. It's got the sweet moments of of them falling back in love. And so you have it ends well in that way. And I like the ending and I like um you know, parts of it, but I just feel like there's a lot of moments that it just felt kind of contrived. Let's talk about Rumpelstiltskin. So he, I don't believe is a fabulous villain. He, he had appeared in Shrek 3 as a totally different character, totally different like Design, style, yeah. totally different voice. Everything about him was totally different. And so they just kind of like eh, shifted him over into this. I will say, you know, Walter Dorn, uh-huh. uh, who was the voice like he actually was part of the animation studio and he would he would do all the voices for all of the parts as he was like doing the storyboarding uh-huh. and they said that they couldn't find anybody else that was better than him and so it which happens was sometimes. interesting <laughs> yeah so he's he was head of story it's funny cuz originally they had also cast Sir Paul McCartney Whoa. Uh, was going to be Rumpelstiltskin, but it was apparently dropped due to, quote, creative differences, unquote, <laughs> whatever that <Okay>. means. <laughs> so Walter Dern, like, he kept with the voice. And I felt like he did a great voice. So he's head of story, so I, I also don't want to, like, rump too hard on the story because I'm like, dude, I, there, there's things that you did great and there's things that I'm like, ah, I feel like it just didn't catch me as much. And the fact that it felt like this was the the plot story of a television show of mm-hmm. like, oh, one episode, which made it feel really long mm-hmm. when it finally got into it. Yes. And so I felt like that was 
one of my downfalls with the whole thing because it there was there are points where I'm thinking like, are we done yet? <laughs> but it's like, not like this movie is long. It's a hour and 33. So it's perfectly in the mix. Yeah. It's just, okay. Mm-hmm. Are, are we still going? Mm-hmm. All right. That's kind of where I was at with this. Yeah. Rumpelstiltskin is not, like you said, not a great villain. First off, I don't love his design. The Shrek series, they have very unique designs, especially for these humanoid characters and not even humanoids. Like they're supposed to be humans in in some way, shape or form, whatever he is. But, you know, they just the way that they're like Lord Farquaad with his like their heads just seem like too big proportionally for their body in a way Uh or like even like the princesses in you know, the other films. Uh, Like even Fiona, like her body is just I can't explain it. Like it's like almost an uncanny valley like human Fiona or like the princesses or um, even the witches. I I, I was like, am I just watching something that's rotoscoped? So that's like for a whole nother day. Am I the only one who feels this way? Because every time I see a human character on screen, I'm like, something is off. (laughs) And you never want your audience to feel that way, right? And I'm not going into this being like, what can I critique about the animation? Like, no, absolutely not. I want to sit and enjoy it. So that's just something that I've noticed frequently with the, the Shrek films. And with the first one, I thought, you know, like, hey, this was a huge endeavor, you know, the first time, you know, really human mm-hmm. characters for the studio, blah, blah, blah. Totally get it. But it just, it's it's like they honed in on this style and they decided to keep it. So anyways, going back to Rumpelstiltskin, he just for- Oh, wait, Pause. Like, even from the very, very initial spot where you have, like, the horses coming through with the king and queen, uh-huh. like, going to Rumpelstiltskin, like, the horses just look weird. Uh-huh. Like, it's, and I just felt like, was number three animation better? Am I just making that up? Because I'm also thinking of, okay, number two, where Shrek is human and Donkey is a horse, and I just felt like his cartoonified horse shape just looked better. And so I just I thought that was weird that this fourth one didn't seem to be better. I think they were maybe trying too much. I don't know. It just seemed better in like some of the earlier ones or at least less noticeable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Rumpelstiltskin's design, I just didn't love it. I felt like they it it was like kind of generic and creepy, but not in a I'm Uh supposed to be creepy sort of way. He's just like a weird looking guy. And I feel like there's so much more they could have done with him. And, you know, he switches these wigs different times. But like it, <laughs> you're laughing. I'm not like I didn't think it was funny. I'm like, why don't we just pick no, no, one no, no, like no. really crazy, weird <laughs> hairstyle and keep with it? Like, <laughs> well, I'm laughing because the anger hair or like the fire right, or right. something like that just reminded me of the year without a Santa Claus uh-huh. <laughs> where it's you have. I'm Mr. Heatmiser. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm Mr. Sun. And yes. that's the only thing that went through my head when I saw that go. I was like, oh gosh, is that what they're <laughs> referencing? Right. I don't even know. But yeah, continue. Yeah. So I, I just felt like they could have maybe just stuck with a hairstyle. But maybe that was kind of the point that he was just this such this pathetic guy that he needed these wigs to really show, you know, who he was. You know, he has the, mm-hmm. the fancy Elizabethan hair or however you would like to describe it. Mm-hmm. And then he has the fiery hair. Whoa, is my hair out? But I don't know. It's He just wasn't... Like, what were his motivations? Like, his motivation was just he got scorned by by Shrek because the king and queen didn't sign their contract, and now he just lives this crappy life, and so he wants to have it all. I, I guess that's it. Yeah. But I, at, at yeah. the end of all of it, it was like, meh. Okay, cool. It, it, it just... I didn't really resonate with him as a character. 
they, they, they get back to him, you know, and he now obviously owns the kingdom because he's just such a slime ball with his different contracts that he does and these deals. Um, so he's in charge of the kingdom. He's completely redesigned it. I thought that was kind of cool that like, not only is the castle different, it's, or not only does he own the castle, it is completely different stylized. Yeah. And just at the end when he's defeated, it was like, he, he doesn't die. He's really the only villain not to die, but okay, cool. Like, but but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because everyone goes back to their original timeline. But if everyone went back to their original timeline, is Shrek, is Shrek the only one who remembers this? Because it seems everyone else is just like it, it, as if it didn't even happen. So does that mean Rumpelstiltskin has no recollection that this alternate timeline went down this path and then came back? I don't know. I'm just really confused with him and there was no payoff for Rumpelstiltskin. I just felt like, okay, we beat him and yay, we're back. But that's the that's the thing is like there was he does he have no memory? I don't know, because if Shrek is the only one to know this during the ending dance scene, you see him in jail. Right. With and and it's like, like, how did this happen how, from here to there? How rude. <laughs> you can't just go up to people and say in an alternate timeline, <laughs> you screwed me over. So I'm putting you in jail. <laughs> what the? <laughs> it's very ogre of Shrek to do. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, though, about him. So. I was going through this. If you were to really take this and pull it out, then like what would have been happening with these other villains? So, for example, the original intentions of the first movie. Well, I guess they were planning on putting Lord Far- Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I can't say his name without even saying voice. it that way. It's great. <laughs> Lord Farquaad. Um, he was supposed to be in it, but then ended up just showing up at the end credits, which also is a weird thing mm-hmm. because I felt like it's very Breaking Dawn of them to just like throw every, or maybe Breaking Dawn got it from them. <laughs> just like have every character its own little like goodbye sequence, like in the, in the end credits, like what? <laughs> but I feel like they should have had some of these other characters in like these other villains mm-hmm. in this, like, because it can't just be Shrek's life goes bad. If Rumpelstiltskin were to do this, you still have all of these other villains that could that could and would go after him because, of course, he has he's the, now the guy with all the things. Right. And so I think it would have been fun if they would have had all of the other villains there. But now Shrek has to combine forces with the villains in order to defeat Rumpelstiltskin. And it's like, OK, where did all of the ogres come from? They're never mentioned uh-huh. anywhere else. And then right. they just show up in this movie. And then at the very end, hey, There's we others. didn't actually go meet any of them, but they're all here anyway. Like, I don't understand your logic. Yeah. So I really liked yeah. the ogres. I think that was one of the best parts of the film was we get to see this uh-huh. alternate underlying underbelly of the ogres because ogres are these feared things in the first movie. And we, yeah. we're not really because Shrek is the only one we see, like how rare are these, you know? And so we get to see them here and, you know, they kind of live on underground and, and Fiona is the head of them somehow. And, but I really liked them. I loved the character, the kind of the, I would say like the Gastoni character, except for he wasn't really evil. Yeah. He was just kind of like big and buff. Um, he was, he was yeah. voiced by John Hamm, who is the main character in Mad Men. Like this, this timeline is totally <laughs> lining up, you know, cause Mad Men is this era. And um, yeah. I also liked the cook, the chef, who like made the the chimichangas and uh, all the different food. <laughs> yeah, I, like I thought him. that was funny. But I also really liked seeing, okay, how does Shrek fare in the world of the ogres? And he actually is surprisingly a very small ogre. 
And I liked that. I thought that was interesting because he's now kind of out of his element. He's kind of a pipsqueak, really, when you see him next to these other guys that are huge. But again, just guys. There were no other ogresses, so no wonder she's in charge. No, there was like one other who was like a, oh, okay. a, a hag kind of. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ogre hag. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe to even have any that much more stakes with Fiona, because they kind of talk about like, oh, another suitor for the princess sort of thing. Yeah, but exactly. I would have really liked to have seen her have a boyfriend and she's already yeah. taken. That would have had to take the step up even more that yeah. she would have to like see past. And, and it was cute. They rediscover true love's kiss and that she's in love with them. But I didn't really even buy it. You know, in the first movie, they mm-hmm. spent a, an extended period of time together traveling back. And there's just, I think that that moment where they're in the, they're walking, they have the balloon things that they blew up mm-hmm. and he pushes her and she pushes him and he pushes her way too far. It's just like <laughs> so ridiculous. They're like, oh my gosh, did that really happen? That it's funny. And yeah. there's no corresponding courtship i think that happens he just spouts off some info about her that he knows and then right. like and, and she's kind of like whoa and i would be like freaked out of my mind like yeah, how would, do you know this be. not like only my true love would know this this is just like daily stuff that like if you spend time <laughs> with me you would know and no one really right. spends time with me so how do you know <laughs> yeah only Puss in Boots, Puss. which is no longer wearing boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I did like the, the, fat the turn him fat kind of joke. Yes, he was great. <laughs> and she's like, who's a pretty kitty? I am. <laughs> like, I liked it. I so liked if that Fiona point. is in charge, then he's just going to be a pampered little... Uh, a pampered little house cat, but mm-hmm. if, if it's Shrek in charge, he's got to be the man. Yes, he is. <laughs> Get his little boots on. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I agree. The stakes aren't very high, other than it's just in a night. You know, how do you make somebody fall in love with you in a night? Even though I guess that kind of happened when in the original film, but that's because they had like a full day and maybe more because she had to hide herself during that time. But still, ugh, I don't know. I just, I felt like they would have had, it would have been better if they would have, instead of trying to combine all of the main uh, identifying characteristics of the other villains into one, like if he had to actually deal with his own set of problems as well, meaning him not really knowing or feeling like, ah, crap, this is really not what it's supposed to be anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe that could have been added a different level. She seems to have it all, even though she didn't get true love's first kiss or true love's kiss at all uh-huh. you know so she had to figure it out herself you know she finds the ogre she becomes one of them i would have liked to have a you lied to me moment <laughs> where she because she gets distracted or, or frazzled or whatever where she is revealed to be a human and how the ogres mm. take that and then yeah. she's really hits the bottom and like the pit of despair and shrek uh-huh. is there to help her you know, and to say, you know, more of a, you know, Prince Charming save the day sort of thing. I think that maybe would have yeah. had more, you know, like, hey, I'm still here for you. I love you for who you are. These these ogres only love you as the ogre. I love you either way. And here you are right. as a human. And like, you know what I mean? I feel like that could have been just another moment that they could have put in there just to really make us to earn it, to earn true love again. It just felt like so easy he kept having, you know, yeah, she pushed him away, pushed him away, pushed him away. But eventually, like, he got there in the end. Yeah. But it didn't feel, it didn't feel like true love, like, in the first movie. No. Yeah. 
I agree. That that would have been a lot better if she it would have had her kind of breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to feel like they've been, and he does mention that. It's like I know that I said that I rescued you, but you really rescued me, which was you know mm-hmm. sweet. But yeah, there could have been a lot more depth added to the time swap mm-hmm. because if you're going to be bring, bringing her out and showing her in this uh, time table, uh, I feel like she would have been different. Uh, and she is different because she's more hardened and she's she doesn't have the same amount of warmth mm-hmm. because she's had to be hard. But that's never that's not her. Mm-hmm. And so for her to break down that hardness, you got to actually hit the hero's journey part. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So what did you think about the music? So the music was done and the score was done by Harry Gregson Williams, who is part of. Uh, Hans Zimmer's Remote Control Productions, which isn't really saying much because most major composers have some type of tie in with Hans Zimmer's Remote (laughs) Control Productions. And like, there's actually a lot of critiques about this whole thing because they feel like he almost has a monopoly on the whole system. And also that he hires all of these ghostwriters. A lot of the movies that you see devoted to Hans Zimmer aren't necessarily Hans Zimmer. It's like a whole bunch of ghostwriters doing it like Hans Zimmer, and then he takes all of the thing. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Ooh, this, tell me more. (laughs) I have learned quite a bit about this whole side of the industry in the last couple of months. And so it's just, it's interesting how you got Harry Gregson Williams and his brother, Rupert Gregson Williams, and they both have kind of been able to break out of that mold in a way, and they're able to I guess people, a lot of people will go with them because they do have that background of the Hans Zimmer style. Because, I mean, let's be fa- let's face it, like people who are putting together movies, they they don't really understand the intricacies of score and how different things uh, play to different emotions. Mm-hmm. And they just think, well, Hans did it that way or like, you know, like that one movie over there. So they don't really understand. And so they kind of want to have some type of a, well, you know how to do it because you're connected to this a guy who already knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that they're able to like actually get out and start doing their own thing on their own name is like bravo to them. Anyway, Harry Gregson Williams, he has done all of the Shrek films. And so going through, I feel like they're all good. And it's really cute. Like you have different songs in there. Like the fact that they bring in the Carpenters, like I just, I'm a fan. <laughs> so yeah, I when I heard that Carpenter song, I was like, I... I'm here for this. Uh, that's like one of my favorite Carpenter <laughs> songs for some reason. It's, really? It's just been in a few movies and I love it. It's just so happy. It has, I don't know, it resonates with me a lot. And so when I heard it in this, I was like, great. But all the other songs, I just was like, eh, it's like they're trying to get lightning yeah. in a bottle again. And uh-huh. some work and some don't. But again, that just kind of goes with everything with this movie. It just, just doesn't live up to what we've expected from the first two. Yeah. I mean, it's it was funny. You had Antonio Banderas has his own song, uh-huh. <laughs> which, like, I saw him in a Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, it was during the pandemic where Andrew Lloyd Webber on YouTube started like airing all of his the movies that he's done mm-hmm. of the movies of the plays, and they're in the Phantom one. I believe it was Antonio Banderas who comes out, and he's actually in that, which totally surprised me. I didn't realize that he was such a uh, a musical man. So I was like, go Antonio. <laughs> 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 so 
So good for you. Yeah, I just I look at this whole thing and I'm like I'm looking at the the soundtrack, and there's a couple really good high notes, uh, pun intended. But then there's other ones that I'm like, yeah, I don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, for sure. But I give them credit. Credit. You can only do so much with what you're given. Right. Um, and if you don't have the high stakes, if you don't have the emotional buildup then it's really hard to to force it. Right. And and what would a Shrek film be without a dance party at the end, which of course right. we got. Does it feel a believer. Old, does it feel a Weezer version of that song, I might add. Yeah. Um wonder why. I'm like why if you're really wanting to like tie it all together, you think you would get the Smash Mouth, the Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth to to perform, you know, get that version back, but for some reason it's the Weezer cover, which is fine, but the it's main, probably the money. Yeah. <laughs> we get the well, I mean, the still you know, uh, Weezer is uh, I think I feel bigger yeah. than than that, but Maybe. who knows? Yeah. Um so yeah, I, we just have our classic Shrek dance party at the end and you know, all of the different moments that we can see the different characters and how it all ends, but you know, and then that's the end, but we do have the very interesting end credits which I was getting ready to just turn it off at the end credits. And I started watching it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we getting a little bonus mini, <laughs> mini movie yeah. of the fir- the, all, the whole entire Shrek series? Right. Like they hit That's all of the top moments. It, it was like the Breaking Dawn moments, you know, <laughs> at the end of Breaking Dawn and Twilight. They have this part where they go through like the evolution of every character through the four Ooh, films. Yes, literally every character that's been in the movie. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to, sh- they show them on screen. And then they're the, is it the, the actor that plays it? Yes, the actor. Not necessarily the yeah. The, yeah, and then the actor. And it's just, no matter how big or small, <laughs> they show them. It was like, lunch lady guy. Or lunch lady guy. <laughs> lunch <laughs> you know lady I mean. land. Yeah. I mean, you had like these, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing in this. So you had like Prince Charming was in there. Mm-hmm. You had Lord Farquaad. You had like Fairy the, Godmother. Basically... Yeah, going through all of the movies and how they got to this point, which once again would have made a lot more sense if you would have brought all of the characters back. Mm-hmm. And there were actually, there was paparazzi, I guess, photos that got Justin Timberlake driving to the studio. Uh, they were planning on having him in it originally for his character Artie from the third. Mm-hmm. And uh, on IMDb, it like has this little thing that says like, who proved to be very popular amongst fans of the franchise. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Like, he was just some guy. Hey, Artie. <laughs> anyway, it was Artie. Okay. <laughs> it's not like he was donkey, you know? But anyway, he didn't appear at the premiere and like, and all of the scenes that he was in were deleted. So it appears that during the whole transition of this, you did have a switch of director. And mm-hmm. so when Mike came in, he was probably just like, yeah, let's like, I just don't know how to make that work. And so he scrapped all of the arty footage mm-hmm. together. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, I still think maybe you didn't have to keep him in it, but I feel like you should have at least had him in the background somewhere. Like, oh yeah, him, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially during that dance credit scene would be so easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, poor Artie. <laughs> I say Justin Timberlake um, is doing just fine. I think he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny to remember that Cameron Diaz and Justin Timberlake were dating during At this. Not, I, I think they broke up before this, but, okay. um, but maybe during the third, Justin Timberlake, Cameron Diaz dating. I just want to get the timeline from 2003 to 2007. So these movies came out 2001 for the first one, 2004 
2007 and then 2010, like every three years, we got a new Shrek film. So they basically were dating during the making of the third film, which is funny, and then broke up around the release, before the release, after the release, not sure, but by this one, we're definitely not a thing. Oh my gosh, right. what? how perfect of a couple, can I just say? <laughs> I <laughs> love Cameron Diaz. She yeah. is just so beautiful, so striking, so charming, so sweet. I love her voice. She's great. But we don't see much of her anymore. She's kind of retired. As as one should after 20 plus years in the industry. Well, it's not even just that. It's like you can have other life goals. <laughs> like everything has a phase. And if you've made that much money. Um, I'm pretty sure the sh- Shrek alone made her incredibly well off. Um, Cameron Diaz money from Shrek. <laughs> this like paycheck. <laughs> uh, okay. She earned... Three billion from the first, ten for the second, and then oh, wow. they just stop and don't tell us anymore. So I imagine at this point, um, it's got to be around the same. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Shrek three. Of course, they just don't tell us. Uh, well, this is Cameron Diaz earned forty million from this surprising hundred million dollar hit. She earned forty million from a single movie. Wow. She must have changed her contract so that she gets something on the end as opposed to the beginning from the budget. Oh, she earned $40 million from her movie from playing Bad Te- in Bad Teacher, which came out in 2011. What? It only That's earned amazing. $100 million domestically and 216 worldwide. Oh, okay, gosh. okay. I'm still trying to figure out how much did she get paid for Shrek? Okay, here we go. Uh, Mike Myers, I don't care about Mike Myers. <laughs> I mean, I do. I kind of forget these even the, it, it, so far. It seems like the only the only publicly information is the first two. But you have to imagine for the third, she made more than 10 million. And definitely for the fourth, she made more than 10 million. I mean, we see that with obviously you have a good contract negotiator. But yeah, you kind of even forget that Mike Myers is in <laughs> is doing this. Yeah. I almost thought that it was somebody else. Really? Yeah. They just replaced him. Sound like just him. like uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Yeah, right. I didn't know if this had gone straight to theater or not. I couldn't remember, you know, because it'd been it's been, you know, 12 years. Oh, mm-hmm, gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just was like, did this go to theaters? Uh, it's been a while. And so I I wondered. And the fact that the, like the ho- horses at the beginning really threw me off. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, made for DVD sequel. Uh, this actually made $75 million in DVD sales or, you know, Blu-ray wow. DVD, which is crazy to me there that that yeah. market was so hot, so big. And this movie Still, actually yeah. had a 3D release, which to me is just mm-hmm. like, oh, thank goodness we are just done with that era. That era uh, yeah. ugh, from like uh, it started with Avatar-ish um, uh-huh. 2009-ish to, I don't know, when was the last one? We talked about this before. Nemo was re-released yeah, in 3D. Lion King. It was just like stop i don't want to wear these dumb glasses it does nothing for me the glass the goggles they do nothing (laughs) the goggles do nothing (laughs) (laughs) oh so thank goodness we've we've moved on and we said okay no we don't need this but yeah yeah so what else what else do the roar (laughs) that was funny i really (laughs) thought that was funny that was probably the funniest line 
<laughs> it was. Because they kept doing it again. And just the way that he's like this fat, chubby kid with his little <laughs> sucker that he licks. And do there are, do there are, you know, to, and the, the parents are just totally, the, the dad is totally oblivious or maybe not, but just thinking that he's just this like side creature, you know, this attraction. Um, do it, Bart. Say the line. Say the line. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I also like the moment where, you know, we do see that he has the, uh, basically like the Hollywood bus of tour where you're touring the yeah. stars, like the, the homes of the stars, um, the tour bus, which, oh my gosh, that's so pathetic. I vow on the podcast to everyone, I will never go on one of those celebrity <laughs> LA let's look at your home tours. Like how demeaning, like I can Google it. I, it's just how I would hate like Shrek, these tour buses going through your neighborhoods. (laughs) That's why they all live in gated because we're like, "Eh, eh, yeah, eh." right, right, right. But yes, that is my, my, my vow of everlasting love, my public vow for you guys. I won't do it. Yeah, but I, I make the vow that, of course, I will do it because <laughs> I am that kind of person. I love tours. I love getting on a bus and have somebody point at things. It's me and the old Chinese ladies. I just, these are my people. <laughs> no shame, Chelsea. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> I love the idea of having somebody take me places, point at things and tell me about it, and then take me somewhere else. I got I here's I, I got this app and I'm gonna give this app a shout out because it's amazing. Uh if you travel at all or like do road trips or something, this is called the Hear Here app. So it's H-E-A-R H E R E. So I hear it here I am mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Costner actually created it. And basically he's got a whole bunch of people who have gone in and made like for a lot of different tourist attractions, they do a, uh, like a guided tour about that thing. And so no matter where you are in the United States specifically, I know you can go and check and see if somebody has created and added a little, like, did you know about this little spot mm-hmm. wherever you are? And I, it, for like, a three year or something. I paid like 60 bucks or something, but I only went on one trip, but it was totally worth it. Even just for that trip. Cause I was like, wow, I'm here in Sedona. I'm learning all the things about this place. It's great. <laughs> so there you go. That is my, my, uh, addition for you guys. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Now I know we need to get sponsored you know by them. I, You're here. I, seriously. Let's reach out. <laughs> so we're going to rate this. And I think I'm going to go first. I'm going to give this three stars. I thought it was really cute. It had some fun parts. I did feel like it was a little long-winded for what it for what the the plot required, and it felt disconnected from the original writing in that same way. Um, but it ended really romantically, and like I said, my dad really enjoyed that. So mm-hmm. three three stars. Excellent. Whew. Yeah. I'm going to give it three stars as well. This wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. But as I was watching it, I I wasn't bored. I thought there were a few funny moments that I liked, but it just didn't have the sparkle, the charm of the original, the first two Shrek films. It was just missing the puns, the gags. Like there are so many puns and gags in the first mm-hmm. movie. It's almost yeah. overwhelming, but it's so good. And they just push it 
where like the mo- uh-huh. literally the moment where he pushes Fiona and she falls down where it's like, oh my gosh, they just did that. But it's funny. And this was like, nah, that's too hard to think of those things. We're just going to tell us, <laughs> we're just going to tell a story and, and call it a day, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and the, the rich, the principal characters are very charming. Shrek is still great as Shrek. Fiona, I think still stills the show as Fiona. Donkey's okay. You know, I've always just been like very meh on Donkey. Um, <laughs> you know, for example, there was a moment with um, Gingy, the gingerbread man, where he's he's attacking Shrek. <laughs> and he tried to get the bounty. And, and then next thing you know, Puss in Boots eats him. And like, that's <laughs> so, it. Like, we're done. Like, he's dead. That? And it was, it was funny. <laughs> and, and I wanted yeah. more moments like that. And we didn't get those moments. And it just felt like they were kind of phoning it in. And they knew, hey, we, our third one was such a bomb. And we still raked in loads of cash. This yeah. one, like, hey, why, we, why try so hard? We'll, we'll do fine. And they did do fine. They did three quarters of a billion dollars. And now they were on top for three weeks in a row. So yeah, people still showed up for Shrek and I don't recall seeing this one in theaters. Um, I definitely wouldn't have seen this in theaters um, looking back at the timeline, but I never, you know, when I had the chance to see it, I didn't go out of my way to purchase the DVD. It was like this point, it was like, I remember the third one. I don't need to see the fourth. And for me, that really does make a difference. If you like blow the landing on one of your films, there's going to be a certain percentage of the audience that's not going to come back. Now, this wasn't the case, Um, but for me, yeah. So three stars, didn't love it. Now, let's talk that they, there were plans for a fifth film. It got scrapped. Then, of course, those resurfaced. And from everything that I've been able to read, it seems like there was a script for the fifth one. Um, They said, hey, maybe it's going to come back. And it just hasn't, you know, in 2016, they said that the, the fifth Shrek film was, was completed, but here we are six years later. So I feel like this is kind of on the, I don't know, the, the outs or it just isn't. I wonder if they just released it under a different name as something here. different. It because says, on November 6, 2018, it was reported on Variety that Chris Melandry had been tasked to be the executive producer of both Shrek 5 and Puss in Boots 2 with the cast of previous films potentially returning. <laughs> potentially, they better be returning for Shrek. Like, yeah. And that is the one thing Shrek has going is Donkey, Shrek, and Fiona. Um, so, I mean, that in itself is even four years ago. It's, I, I don't know. At this point, would you like to see a fifth film? Well, they're bringing back another Puss in Boots film, mm-hmm. which I'm like, why? <laughs> Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So that actually comes out this September. So we will have to do that. We have we done Puss in Boots? I'm wondering. No, we didn't. We must. We must. Here's the thing. We what we got to do is we had to review both the art book and because we've already done the art book, but the art book like makes made the Puss in Boots movie look uh, so cool because right. the art book is so good. Right. But then when I finally sat down and watched Puss in Boots, I was so disappointed. So, okay. so, so disappointed. So we'll so, include the art book as part of our review when we do that movie. I'm looking at it right now. I see I see you, Puss in Boots art book. Um, <laughs> okay, so when do we want to do that? So that comes out in September 23rd. Should we do Puss in Boots and then the next episode be Puss in Boots, The Last Wish? Sure. Okay, so in September, put it on the calendar, everybody. We will do that. And in the meantime, you know, there's it's actually interesting. There's all these short films for the Shrek franchise. There's... Uh-huh. Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. I don't really, it's just a three minute musical short thing that was in the home media release. Shrek 4D, mm-hmm. Far, Far Away Idol, 
Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular. This and so these are all starting in 2010. Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular, mm. Shrek's Yule Log 2010, Thriller Night 2011, The Pig Who Cried Werewolf 2011, Puss in Boots, The Three Diab- Diablos. 2012 then they had some tv specials shrek the halls 2007 scared shrekless 2010 puss in boots trapped in an epic tale 2017 oh and a television series the adventures of puss in boots 2015 and 2018 like (laughs) this is a crazy franchise like it just it never ends yeah wow so we will see we shall see if we get a fifth (laughs) one and i hope that can we bring back the original team pretty please just all i want please so all right, guys, that's all we have for today. Let us know your thoughts on the Shrek franchise by going to rotoscopers.com slash 246, but also go hit us up on Instagram. Also, speaking of Instagram, I don't know what happened, but Instagram did some sort of update, and suddenly I started seeing messages from people, no joke, from 2016. Like, Oh, wow. And I had it enabled where, you know, you have, like, different folders, Um, And there's Uh always like a requested folder for people you've never talked to before. You have to like approve or disapprove, but that I never had that folder for rotoscopers. And then suddenly they just decided like, you may have it now. And so I feel so bad. So if you've ever sent us a message, like I'm talking last year, two years ago, three years ago, because it was just like hundreds of messages, maybe not hundreds, maybe a a bunch of messages. And at this point it was like, well, do I respond? Like, give it a heart. Like, how awkward is that? Like, Hey, I just saw your message from six years ago. It was like, that's embarrassing. At that point, it's just like, don't acknowledge that I saw it. So again, if this were you and you sent us a message, because there were so many people like, I love your podcast. You're amazing. Like I want, can you do this movie? Can you do that movie? I forgive me. This was an Instagram thing. Not me. Send us a message, DM, hit us up talk to you there but that's all that we have for today until next time we are the rotoscopers hello 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 i am recording great okay of course all of my windows decided Why oh, wouldn't no, they, they decide to close? That's the cool thing to do. Okay. I'm ready to go as soon as you are. So just so you know, I'm ready, baby. the baby, um, he is to the point now where he realizes he's being left behind. He doesn't appreciate Aww. that. You know, he knows they're <laughs> going somewhere fun and he wants to participate. What's the name of that band? Fat Mouth or Smash Mouth? Oh, Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.